Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, bless the word, anoint the word, encourage us, God, lift our spirits as we move into this Thanksgiving season. Bless us for those who've lost people and lost loved ones, God. Don't allow the burden of that to harm us in this time. Help us to remember the good times and give uh, grace and blessing. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say, Amen. come on, get your Bibles in your hands if you can, or whatever you connect to the word of God with, just go ahead and grab it and come on, repeat after me. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I like this one. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We commit to serve creatively. And we communicate Christ's love compassionately. We communicate love All right, Father God. Feed me your word. Come on, if you believe you're going to be fed, go ahead and put your hands together this morning. All right. So our uh, title for today is, is simple. It's right within the theme of the season. It is simply this, give thanks. Somebody say it. Say give thanks. Give thanks. All right. We want to start off with the first verse that I want to go to, and I'm going to look at it with Psalms 104. It's a familiar verse. Sister Mitchell, would you go ahead and uh, read it? They're going to bring it back up there. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. There's a lot in there that I want to touch on, but what I will say is that what this speaks to me of, it speaks to me of protocol. There is a protocol for a lot of entrances. Some people, when you come into their house, they say, you can come to my house, but take your shoes off. Or if you come in my car, put your cigarette out before you come into my car. I don't mind you doing what you're doing, but when you're in my car, you can't do that. Or if you get in my Rolls Royce, you can't bring your French fries in my Rolls Royce. Or if you uh, are going to ride on the plane, you got to leave your weapon at home. There are certain protocols for entrance, but the Bible says that when we come before God, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Bring the scripture back up for me. We can go back to the scripture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Then it says this, give thanks to him. Then it says, bless his name. Now, more, normally when we're thinking of blessings, we're thinking it from God to us. God bless us. God do for us. God give to us. God bless me with a marriage. God bless me with a car. God bless me with a promotion. But here it says that we could bless his name. And so the way that we bless him, because we don't have anything that we can bless him with. I, I am a minuscule person. It's, it's, in other words, it's like an ant trying to bless me. I'm so low in comparison to God. God is up here, controls the universe, and I'm down here. But God says, when you praise me and when you thank me, you're actually blessing me. In the Hebrew, the word for thanks is the word barak, which actually means to bless. So when we are thankful, we are blessing him. So let me give you this example. Let's say that... Uh, uh, Mother Mitchell, she walked up to me and she gave me a million dollars. Oh, there's nothing I can do to repay her because I don't have a million dollars. But the least thing I can do is say thank you. 
I can show that I appreciate. What, what can I do for you? I know you bless me like this. Can I at least take you out to eat? Can I compliment you? Baby, if she gave me a million dollars, I'd find something to show my appreciation. Mama, you look good. Mama, you're the best mama in the whole world. Can't nobody mama like you can mama. If you bless me like that, I got to do something. And the problem with some of us, we take God's blessing for granted and we don't know how to turn around and say thank you Lord I appreciate you Lord and here's the reason why it's not because we're bad people but because even though we're being blessed by God we're living life and sometimes life is challenging and so it's much easier to complain and sometimes com complaint is not always wrong sometimes complaint it is what it is if you're broke sometimes you just broke if you're sick, sometimes you're just sick. Don't be so deep that you can't tell the truth. How you doing? Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you're not. You're sick. You're broke. You're tired. You're depressed. But the Bible says, but when you get in his presence, you shift what you're going through and you take some time to say, thank you, Lord. All right. Let's, let's move on a little further. Let's look at another verse. Just give us something to work with. Go, go ahead and read that. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Wow. Give thanks in everything. Now, when you read it, it seems like he's saying give thanks for everything. God is not crazy. He's not sadistic. He's not off. He's not asking you to give thanks for the molestation. But he's saying, what I need you to do is give thanks in it because you came out of it and you don't, you have your mind and the other person who came out of it, they lost their mind. You're still here. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it was bad. And if you could skip over it, you could skip over it. But the truth of the matter is, it is what it is. It happened. It's over now. So how do I give thanks in everything. Well, I got to find the silver lining. Sometimes you got to look hard. I'm broke, but I got enough money for a $2 hamburger, so thank you for the $2 hamburger. I'm broke, but Sister Trish said, "Can you? do you want this extra bologna sandwich? Well, thank you, God. Yes, I don't have what I want to have, and no, I don't like bologna, but when I'm hungry and somebody comes through for me, I still say, God, I thank you. Some of us we've gone through so much that we forget to thank God for the little stuff and if you don't know how to thank him for the little stuff, you don't qualify for the big stuff. If you can't thank him on the bus, why should he give you a car? If you can't thank him in the apartment, why should he give you a house? So you got to learn how to thank him in everything even though you're not grateful for everything. So look at your neighbor and just say, give thanks. Give all right, so there's many things that we could go through, and I don't want to hold you here all day and all or forever. So I'm just going to give us this. Put this up. Three ways to give thanks. I'm going to go through the scripture and just give us three specific ways to give thanks. It, it was one of those things where I just had a condenser, and I didn't want to give us just the normal things. So I just picked three things that may be a little bit different so that I could preach them, but there's so many ways you can give thanks. Before we go into it, maybe you should think, how can I thank the people who are in my life? How can I thank the folk that are around me? What about not just that, and uh, not just that, but what about people that you don't even know? See, we've lost just regular manners. It used to be Simple things. I give the cashier $20. It costs $15. They give me $5 back. I say thank you. I don't have to say thank you because they owe me those $5. But it's just a matter of manners. It's manners still matter. When somebody holds the door open for you, you don't just walk through it. You say thank you. When somebody compliments you, you say, thank you. It's learning. See, here's the thing. An attitude of gratitude shifts your altitude. And the reason why the world is so messed up is because we have an attitude of take, 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 and entitle, entitle, entitle. Let me, let me uh, be blunt with you. Don't nobody owe you nothing. 
When somebody, and I, I tell my kids this when I pick them up, I said, yes, the, the cars in the car line are supposed to let you walk past, but they don't have to. You cannot get in a tussle with a car, you're going to lose that battle. So when you walk past the car in the car line, I want you to wave and say thank you. Well, 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 Daddy, why do you need to do that? It just shows you have respect and you have manners. I'm saved and I'm sanctified. But when there's a long line of traffic and I pause to let you in and you don't say nothing, it messes with my Holy Ghost. Wave at me, acknowledge me because I didn't have to let you in. There's 30 cars behind me. You could be stuck there all day. Don't you come out and act like I didn't do anything. Learn how to say thank you. And if we get back to our manners, then maybe we can have a world that flows well. So listen, this could go in a lot of ways, but I, I just want to throw some other things on there. But let me add something else. My wife did something to, for me that I was not expecting. I came home one day uh, a week or two ago. And the whole side of my bedroom was clean. My side can get a little uh, crazy because I have church clothes, I have regular clothes, I have work clothes. And all that stuff don't get hung up all the time. A lot of times it ends up over the bed. But she had cleaned up all my side of the bed, had cleaned up my whole closet, had fixed and organized everything. I looked and I was like, wow, number one, I'm thinking, what did I do to deserve this? She just did it out of the goodness of her heart. So guess what I needed to do is say, thank you. Well, I've been married 23 years and I paid the mortgage. She should have. No, she ain't got to do nothing. When somebody does something for you, as busy as she is, I should show some gratitude. And you know how I've showed gratitude beyond just saying thanks? I've tried to keep it clean. If you're going to go through the trouble of cleaning it for me, the least thing I can do is try to keep it clean. Let me talk to you husbands for a second. You may not wash dishes, but the least you can do is scrape your plate before you throw it in the dish. I mean... Do something to show I appreciate. Because there's nothing worse than people feeling undervalued and underappreciated. And some people, you can only take them for granted so long before they start looking elsewhere. All right. Let's, 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 go, let's go a little further than that. Let me, let me get off of that. I don't want to start nothing that I can't stop. Oh, but let me, let me go ahead and add this. Every time that man get in your car, it's on E. Every time he bring it back, it's on F. And you act like he ain't done nothing. Yeah, my, my husband, who he's so lazy. But he ain't lazy when it comes to him taking care of you. So you, 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 you better learn how to respect. Because there's some single woman who would love to have the man you complaining about. All right, hey, this ain't supposed to be a relationship message. Let me get off of that. Let's move right on. Let's, let, let, let's go and try to get a little, little more spiritual. That's practical stuff. Let's get a little more spiritual. Number one, and we'll get back to some of that later. But number one, thanks for deliverance. We got to thank God for deliverance. Now, now, you may not be where you want to be, but you ain't what you used to be. And for that, I am grateful. Because when I look back over my life, it ain't nobody but God that got me where I am. Because I should have lost my mind. I should have been crazier than I am. Should be more addicted than I am. But somewhere, God stepped in and done something for me that I can't explain. So when I come in here, I'm a thankful person. I'm a grateful person. You don't have to tell me to praise God. When I show up on the parking lot, I got to praise in my spirit. Because you don't know what I used to be. You don't know what I still could be. But if it wasn't for the grace of God and the deliverance of God and the mercy of God and the power of God, I'm grateful that I'm even here. So I'm thankful for deliverance. Let's look at uh, under number one. Let's look at point A under number one. We're going to look at spiritual deliverance. 
which is what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about spiritual deliverance. And let's look at this next verse. And before we read it, let me say this, that sometimes you are looking at people and because of our culture, you're judging them on the outside and you don't know how delivered they are. Just because I can't carry a Gucci purse and a Louis purse you think I ain't about nothing, but if you've seen the luxury in my spirit, it may not have translated on the outside yet. I might be in a hoopty, but don't let this hoopty fool you. Down on the inside, I'm a king and I'm a queen. I'm somebody in God because God has washed me from the inside out. Brother Tracy would say from the rooter to the tutor. God, God done done something from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. And don't let my external situation fool you. I'm better than what you playing and letting on because I've got some spiritual deliverance. I will say this. Once I started dressing up, I only started dressing up not to impress people. I was trying to dress up how I felt on the inside. Because once God started working on me, I just felt classier than I used to be. And I didn't have everything I wanted to, but little by little, I started putting a wardrobe together. And the wardrobe was not to impress y'all. It was to say, this is how I feel on the inside. I feel debonair. I feel dapper. I may be broke, but I feel like God is doing something on me. So God put some stuff on clearance, but I'm about to raise my level. I'm not about to try to look like I feel, because on the inside, I feel like a king. On the inside, I feel like a queen. On the inside, I feel like the governor. On the inside, I feel like the president. So I'm working on the outside, but I feel like on the inside. Let's look at how Paul says it. We'll put it up there. Wretched man that I am. Well, pause you right there. If you look at the previous verses, Paul was talking about how messed up the humanity is. So wretched man that I am, read. Who will deliver me from this body of death? How am I ever going to get out of this? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So he said, oh, this is the reason why I thank the Lord, because I realize what I could be. Now, I have to say it this way, because we are in church, we always clean it up a little bit. But don't nobody know us like us. And when I look at what, not just what I could be, but what I should be, I can't help but say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And that's why the songwriter said, it could have been me outdoors with no food. And no clothes. And so they said, thank you, Lord. So my thanks is not about anything on the outside. My thanks is up to God because I know what he's doing. I know what I should be. And the reason why I know what I should be because sometimes I'm still tempted to be that. And every now and then I slip back into it almost. The, 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 one of the greatest words in our Christianity is almost. I almost backslid. I almost got divorced. I almost quit my job. I almost lost my mind. I almost went crazy. I almost didn't make it back. But thank God that almost doesn't count. That God still has picked me up and turned me around and set my feet on solid ground. So when you see me praising the Lord, don't mess with me. You don't know what I've come through. You don't know what I almost did. You don't know how I almost acted. You don't know how I almost snapped. But God. Some of the greatest words in the Bible are those two words, but God. I almost lost my mind, but God. I almost gave up, but God. I almost quit, but God. I almost turned this thing loose, but God. And for that, it should cause some thanksgiving. Without priming and without pumping, without having an organ, a drum, and a Leslie. I can't praise if I don't have a tambourine. Baby, I don't need a tambourine. I love CeCe, but I don't need CeCe and Kirk and Fred to praise God. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, I don't know what he's done for you, but I think about what he's done for me, I can't help but say, thank you, Lord. 
All right. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's go to point B under this. So we're talking about spiritual deliverance, but let's bring it on home to just natural deliverance. Because natural deliverance means something too. We're going to read through these scriptures here. Deuteronomy 8, 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Mother Mitchell, what kind of land? A good land. Okay. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills. What's important in the Bible is what it doesn't say. So it says they're being brought into a good land. But that seems to suggest the land that they're already in was a bad land. And if you know the story, they were actually in the wilderness. Now, they were in the wilderness because of them. See, some of the stuff I'm in was my fault. But that doesn't change the fact that it's bad. Yeah, I'm going to a good land, but what I'm in right now ain't that good. Let's continue to read. Let's go ahead. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey. Oh, a land of my dreams. Some stuff I've been dreaming about, but if we've been honest, uh, I'm in some nightmares right now. I'm dreaming about this, but this is what I'm in right now. Let's read the next verse, verse 9. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, mm. in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. In other words, what God was saying to the people of Israel is I'm getting ready to reverse your fortunes. And where you are, you are in a place of lack and scarcity. And you don't really know real praise until you've really dealt with lack. I mean, lack, lack where I can't get anything to work. I, I don't have two nickels to rub together. I don't even, if I have money, I don't have friends. I'm missing something major and important in my life. And when God promised you that things are going to shift and going to change, it ought to give you some level of thanks. Let's look at this next verse. This is the last verse in the series, verse 10. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Now, this is what's interesting. God was telling them this in Deuteronomy. They were getting ready to go into it into, in uh, Joshua. Well, actually, the truth of the matter is they should have entered after Exodus. In Exodus, they should have entered into the promised land. They messed up. And they got pushed way back, 40 years behind the eight ball, so to speak. And here they are, they got another chance to enter in. And this is what God is warning them. He says, when you move into the natural deliverance, you're going to need to bless God. Why would God have to tell us that? Here's the reason why. Because there's something about humanity. When we finally arrive at where we want to arrive, we forget how we got there and we forget who got us there. I prayed for it. But once I got it, I forgot the one I prayed to for it, so I forget to thank him for it. Ah, as a pastor, it's hard to see folk pray for jobs, but when they get the job, you don't see them no more. They pray for relationships, and this specifically happens with women a lot of times. Once they get the man, the man becomes an apple of their eye, and they done forgot about God. And so God says, I'm going to do it because I'm good, but I'm telling you, you need to bless me or you need to thank me. Don't get so blessed you forget the blesser. Don't get so healed that you forget the healer. And there is a built-in level of ungratefulness in humanity that we take things and we soon forget. Now, some of y'all are getting ready for Christmas season, but if you've been a parent for a while, you can watch how Christmas works. All the way up to Christmas, they, ooh, they looking under the tree, they want stuff. Christmas morning, they so happy, but by the 27, that thing that they said they wanted, you see it over in the corner somewhere. When you tell them, hey, take the trash out, hold, 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 hold on. Wait a second. 
You mean all I've done for you and only in the two days you already forgot? And that's a level of immaturity. And sometimes you got to correct that immaturity. But when you grow, folk, and you treat God the same way, he comes through for you and you done already forgot about him. So much so that you won't even tell folk who did it. Oh, you got a new job. Yeah, I put in a hundred applications and shoot, this last application, I blew it out the box and they finally brought me in and yeah, it's good. You ain't said God nowhere. Yeah, I blew it out the box, but because God was speaking to my mind in the moment, I didn't deserve it, but God turned it around he opened the door for me, and I'm grateful, and I'm thankful. And it's not just us, but even in the Bible days, there were 10 lepers. They all got healed from an incurable disease, but only one of them came back to tell Jesus, thank you. If you do the math, one out of 10 is 10%. So only 10% of saints come back and tell God, thank you. And we can't be that 10%. So whether it's spiritual deliverance or natural deliverance, we got to tell God, thank you. We got to give thanks. Somebody say, give thanks. Give thanks. All right, let's go to the second one. Go ahead and read that. I'm going to take a swig of water. Thanks for key people. All right, not only are we thankful for things, but thankful for key people in our lives. Let's give us a, a first point. Under there's the A under the key people. So grateful for leaders. Now we just come out of October, which is Pastor Appreciation Month, and it is good for you to appreciate leadership. But the problem with the leadership is many times you don't understand good leadership until you've been under bad leadership. Sometimes you don't know a good man until you've had a bad man. And so sometimes Good people can be taken for granted. I don't believe here in this ministry I'm taken for granted, but I will say whenever I preach somewhere else, the anointing is much higher on me because it's not that, oh, that's just Andre. I am Andre, but I'm not just Andre. I'm the anointed man for your life for this season. And when I go elsewhere, there is a different level of expectation that unlocks a different level of anointing. And sometimes in here is just an oh well. And what some of y'all don't understand, when I bump into other preachers, they tell me, you're too big for Muncie. They say, no, what you talk about is too big. Even my own daddy told me, he said, the stuff that you say is well beyond even what I taught you because I was giving him credit for teaching me. He said, boy, you have advanced beyond me. There is an anointing on my life that is supernatural. But if you don't respect it, God will put me somewhere where it is received. Uh-oh, watch out now. It's not just a deliverance temple issue. It's a Muncie issue. Muncie has an old well mediocre mindset that is hard to break from. So I went last week and preached for Corey Brooks who came from Muncie, Indiana and is doing very well on the south side of Chicago, doing very well, changing that whole neighborhood. There was so much gun violence and death, and since he's been there, he's totally shifted. But sometimes the greatest folk in Muncie had to get out of Muncie just to be celebrated because we just treat people like they're just old well, oh, that's just Trish. You got to learn how to value folk while they're around you because they're key people. And God will not allow you to only stay where you're tolerated. Sometimes he'll send you only where you're celebrated. All right, got to get off of that. But some of y'all, some of y'all are, are, are better than what you've been treated. 
You're better than folk are letting on. You're better than your family are acting. And when you go to Thanksgiving, folk are going to treat you like you're just normal. I'm not just normal. Do you understand the school I went through? Do you understand I'm the only person that went through school and I come back and I've done this and I've done that and I got out of debt and you're going to treat me like I'm just a nobody? No, I want to go where I am celebrated. All right, let's let's look at this here. The verse, First uh, Timothy two one. Read that. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. All right, you need to be thankful for all people. But when when he gets to this, he adds something here in the next verse, verse two. For kings. And all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So he said, especially those people who are in high places. He was talking about kings and politicians and people in high places as it relates to the church world. Your leadership, your leaders, it is important to be thankful for them. And I believe that you are, but there's always another level you can go because you have to understand that there is a certain amount of trickle down that happens. If you're with the wrong leader, the trickle down comes on you. If you're in the right leader, the trickle down comes on you. So because you're connected to me, there's some attacks that you go through simply because you're connected to me. But on the other end of the attack is a blessing. But if I'm just wild doing any and everything, I guarantee you it won't be long for that trickles to your life and you'll be wondering what's going on. And many times it's the leader. The leader is preaching one thing but living something totally different and a whole bunch of mess comes in the church and everybody jacked up because they went the wrong leader. But let's go further because in church world, the problem is they act like you're only supposed to be thankful from the top down. Let's look at this. Let's pick up uh, point B. Read that, Mother Mitchell, for me. Partners. Partners are important. So let's go to the Acts 28, 15. They're going to put that up. The brothers and sisters there had heard that we were coming, and they traveled as far as the Forum of Apius and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of these people... Paul thanked God and was encouraged. Wait a second. You mean the apostle Paul, the great Paul who was the writer of all these things, when he saw the people and seen that they came from different places, he thanked God for the people. Lady Devon says this all the time. You passed a whole bunch of churches to come through these doors. So you should not be treated like you're nothing. Uh, don't touch my velvet jacket. Uh, you probably just left the projects. Well, let me tell you the truth. I bought this off of eBay. I don't know if it's expensive or not. It just looked good. And so I grabbed it up off of eBay. It could have been somebody else's. I am not that special when you can't touch me. Actually, I want you to touch me because you passed a whole bunch of churches, a whole bunch of pastors, and you give me your time. I'm grateful that you chose to worship with me. It's not just thanks for the leaders, but thanks for the partners. At first, I had titled this point The Followers, but that didn't even sound right. You're not followers. You are partners. You are stakeholders. See, a business, a Fortune 500 company that's on the stock market, they always talk about their stakeholders because there's people who are investing into it, and it's important because of you. If there are no stakeholders, the company falls down. So guess what? As anointed as I may think I am, if y'all don't show up, it means nothing. So I need to be like Paul. I need to be great, grateful for the partners, for the people. But if you know anything about this story, so this is Acts 28. Acts 27, Paul was in a shipwreck, shipwreck, horrible shipwreck. Everything tore up when they finally got to the land, and they got to the land on planks. And just anything they can hold on to. They get to the land. Paul is building a fire and a snake bites him on his arm. He had to shake it off. He come through a shipwreck 
And if they would have listened to him, they never would have got shipwrecked. And so here he is going through hell and high water just doing the will of God. But all of a sudden, here these people come. They heard he was there, and they came, and he said, thank you, God. Here's the thing. When the leader goes through hell and the people won't show up, all it does is add more hell. You mean I went through all this and the people won't even support me? But when the people show up and the people press through, I'm not just talking about show up, but they press through what they're going through to show up and to be a partner. They show up and volunteer. They show up and give. They show up and pray. They show up and they know some scripture. Guess what that makes the leader do is like, thank God I got some good partners. Let's read even uh, another verse that, that will bring it home. Philippians 1, 3 through 5. I thank my God every time I remember you. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In other words, if you have good partners, every time they come across your mind, you're not, oh, Jesus. Oh, Tyrena and legend again. Lord Jesus, I'm so sick of that. No, when it comes across my mind, oh, thank God. Thank God for that. Oh, I haven't seen him in a while. I missed him. It, in other words, you ought to be so special that when you cross the mind of the leader, they say, thank God yes. for it. Thank God for Will and Lynn. I'm going to go ahead and throw some of the names out. Thank God for Tia. God, thank God for Ruthie and Tommy. God, thank God for Sandra and Steve. Thank God for Darlene and, and Donald. Thank God for Essence and thank God for Faye and thank God for Jonathan and Vic. Thank God for them because they mean something to me. Not just because I'm their leader but because they're some good partners. And when they hurt I ought to hurt because I want them with me. I, I want to give myself to them and give myself for them. And Jesus, he had 12, but only one of them was a devil. The other 11 was good. Yes, they went through ups and downs, but at the end of the day, he, was, he loved his people. And yes, there may be a devil here or there in Deliverance Temple, but the majority of y'all, I am grateful for y'all. I am thankful for y'all. I appreciate you. I couldn't do what I do without you and without your prayers and without your concern and without your care. I thank God I don't have members. I have partners. Yes, and I'm grateful for my partners. All right, let's read the verse again, and you can go ahead and read it in its entirety. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Yeah. So from the time I started this until now, you partnered not just for me, you partnered for the gospel's sake. Just the other day, I just looked at my, my phone and it said a cash app from my camp. And then there was a cash app from Shakia Keynes, who's not even here, but just decided to send something. So it reminds me, I got some folk that are supporting me. I got some folk that are with me. And so if I can throw out some more names, thank God for a Kiana. And thank God for a Terrilyn. And thank God for who you are. I hope I didn't miss somebody. And I know I missed somebody. But thank God for every one of you, because I couldn't do what I do without you. And it brings me joy that you partnered with me to help change this world. Yes, Muncie is mixed up, but because of you and me together, we about to make something happen in this city and I'm thankful and I'm grateful and I appreciate. Now here's what I'm saying. We normally appreciate each other when crisis comes because we have to pull together. We got to band together. As much death and losses we've been through, we've had to pull together. We've had to lean on each other's shoulders. Many of y'all have been praying for me as I've been going through doing funerals. I, I, I had put it together from 2021 to 2023. I've done about 35 funerals. I've been a part of about 35 funerals, and out of the 35, I've preached about 27. That takes a toll on your mental mind, especially when I'm doing. The re main reason why I work third shift is because of the ministry. Because I would have to take days off for funerals. So I'm able to go to a funeral. Many times I'm up all night. 
and then I'm up all day and got to go back to work with death on my mind. And when it came to some of these funerals, I had prepared myself because uh, not too long after my father passed, I went to uh, Bishop Sloss, uh, his brother, Bishop Jimmy Sloss. I went to his uh, wake. I was actually going to his funeral. I had made up my mind I was going to his funeral. But when I got up there by the casket and I seen him in his robe and I seen the family breaking down around him, it messed me up. Because it was only about, about a month after my father. And I had planned on staying through the funeral and I, I had to leave. I, I called myself. I said, I, I'm going to at least try to sit down. I was trying to pull myself together. I sat down, and I seen one of the McGee's who used to be a part of Deliverance Temple, and they was like, hey, I'm sorry about your father. And they meant well, but all it did was trigger me, and I, 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 I left. I, just, I, I, I was doing well, but it just triggered me, and I had to go home. Sometimes that, that happens. And so after that, I had prepared myself. Now, we're going to have caskets in the church I'm going to have to see it. And I was preparing myself. Look, you can do this. Fine. I was doing it. I was fine. I was okay. And then it hit me in a way I wasn't expecting. Because me and my father, when we would do funerals together, what we would do as we rolled to the cemetery with the funeral director, him and I would talk. We'd talk about the service. We'd talk about the upcoming week. We would talk about things. And so I had prepared myself to see caskets. I had prepared myself to see people crying. But I had forgot about the car ride to the cemetery. And then it would trigger me again. I was like, Lord. So I'm grateful for y'all who've been praying for me. Because mentally, I could have lost it with everything that is going on. But what I'm more grateful for is not just crisis times. But we got to learn how to be thankful when times are up. And this is what happens. Many times you're so trained for crisis times that when people go up, you start hating. As long as you are as broke as I am, I'm thankful for you. But when you break through and you rise above me, something in me gets mad at you. No, we got to learn how to be thankful, not just when we're down, but thankful when we're up. Now, maybe you might go up before me, but what I've learned before, that means God is in the neighborhood. So if God is blessing you, it may not be my turn now, but I'm grateful when God blesses Trish because I can't be far behind. So I want to learn how us to be thankful because we're not going to be down forever. The tables are going to turn and now we're going to be up and we got to learn how to celebrate on the up time. Oh, you mean you're flying private? I've always dreamed to fly private, but if you do it, I'm, thank God for you. My brother Stephen, I used to always tell him that I would like to fly private, and he, I've never flown on a private jet. He got a chance to fly before me. I used to tell him about it. I was the one who stirred him up about jets, and he beat me to it. And guess what? So what? Thank God. See, not every dream was actually for you. Some of those dreams was really passed through you to other people. So if I don't get it and you get it, I'm still happy because when you got it, we all got it. So I'm thankful. The car that I'm driving right uh, now was not the car that I wanted at first. I wanted a Cadillac CTS, a new model. I was driving a red CTS of 2008. In 2014, they changed the model. And so I put it in my mind that I wanted a 2014, and I prayed for it. I believe in around 2015, my mama comes home. She calls me. She said, come over to the house. I come over to the house, and the car I was praying for was sitting in her driveway. She said, I went to the dealer, and I wasn't planning on doing this, but something happened. It was a good price, and here she is driving the car that I was believing for. And I had to ask God, did you get the signal mixed up? That's what I was praying for. But how dare I not be happy for my mama? So I was happy for my mama, even though it was what I prayed for. Maybe I prayed for it so it could come to the family. So I'm grateful that she got it. 
But then God showed me the one I'm driving now because he was telling me I didn't want you in that one. I actually wanted you in a bigger one, but the bigger one had not been produced. So I didn't even know it was coming, but God had something for me. And so when I praised for what she had, God gave me something that I can have. And let me add something to the blessing. Guess what I did last week? I paid that car off, so I owe nothing on it. Paid it off ahead of schedule. Paid it off before because I wouldn't get jealous when God blessed somebody next to me because what God has for me, it still is for me. All right, let's go to our very last one. And I already got in my mind what I'm getting next. I'm believing for it already. Thanks as worship. So now we are thanking for our deliverance. We're thanking for our key people. But now we're realizing that thanks is a part of worship. Not just because it's Thanksgiving, it's actually a part of worship. And let me talk about Thanksgiving for a second. So the, the Hebrew word that we use is two Hebrew words, words for thanks. One is translated thanks and it's actually barak, sometimes translated blessing. The other word is yada, which is translated praise. That's the Hebrew. In the Greek, it's the word Eucharist, which is actually the word means thanksgiving over a meal. And we use that for communion. When we break the bread and we drink the wine, it is called the Eucharist, but it's actually a giving of thanks. And so Thanksgiving, where you're eating over a meal, is actually a biblical time, a biblical thing. So, But we don't want to wait till the season of Thanksgiving to be thankful. So we need to treat Thanksgiving as our normal worship mode that I am going to be a thankful, grateful person. Not just when I eat, but when I go, when I make it. I've been driving over the road for several years to go to work. And the fact that I have not been in more accidents is an absolute miracle because I am not always the most alert driver. I do what I can, but sometimes I, I realize I done typed a whole Facebook post while I'm driving down the highway. And I didn't forgot, never don't like to hear that. I had to put my phone down. I'm sorry. I just, I just, I got caught. I'm one of those people. I like to multitask. I like to do more than one thing at a time. So sometimes I have to remind myself, how in the world did you do that? Lord, stop focus on the road. But even though I didn't focus on the road, somehow God has blessed me and turned things around for me. So guess what? I am thankful that I got where I got when I got to where I got. And many of us take for granted the little miracles that happen every day. Just on uh, yesterday, I had to go to a funeral that uh, broke my heart. Another funeral, it was a, a guy at my job. Uh, when I became a chaplain, he was the president of our union, and so I got a chance to know him uh, really well. He's, he's a Christian man, a godly man, and many times we would talk about things, and he would ask me to pray for him about this, that, and the other. So uh, some of you may have seen on the news and not known that uh, it was somebody that I knew, but his son and daughter-in-law, they got married November 3rd, 2022, so last year. This year, they're going on their first anniversary trip. They have a trip scheduled to, for Seattle. They're going to the airport. A drunk driver crossed the road and kills them both instantly. The son and the daughter-in-law. And I find out about it, and I'm, I, I try to reach out to him. But, man, I'm just broke, especially of all the death we've gone through. I'm just like, man, the people of God, are, we're just suffering so much. And it's, it's confusing, but it made me think, my God, some of the stuff that I've done while I'm driving, why am I still here? So, God, thank you. I want to pray for them, but God, thank you for protecting me. God, I don't want to take it for granted. Every time I start up that car and back out, thank you that I ended up in my destination. I don't know why it happened to them, but God, thank you. And those people, they're so saved that in the obituary, they wrote a thing and said, please, don't hate the drunk driver. We've already forgiven them because my son and my daughter-in-law, they're in heaven. We don't understand, but we're not holding hatred in our heart. Let me tell you something. Christians are some special kind of people. You don't understand what we are, and, and we don't always know why we go through what we go through. But if you can thank God for the little things, this is not the season to take anything for granted. This is the season to say thank you. 
Groceries are so high that we're going out to eat, but we don't know what they're doing to our food. We don't know who's bat mad in the back. We don't know who's spitting in what. And the fact that we're not poisoned, the fact that we're still breathing, the fact that we're still walking, we ought to have Thanksgiving as a worship. Yes, we've been through some hard times, and yes, we've been through some stuff, but the fact that we're still here, the fact that we have our minds together, God, I can't do nothing but say thank you. And yes, I've been in therapy, and I've, been, I've had three different therapists since I've started because things have just sometimes messed up with insurance. But every single one of my therapists have said, you cope very well. I don't know how you cope so well with all you've been through. And I'm saying, yes, I've never been in therapy, but I've always had therapy. I've had the Holy Ghost to talk to in the midnight hour. I've had somebody to cry out to. I should be crazier than what I am. And yes, I am crazy, but I should be crazier than what I am. I'm so glad that God is yet on my side. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I don't know where I would be. And that's my testimony, but it's your testimony as well. And so when you realize the power of thanksgiving, you'll understand how this all fits together. So let's read this, Ephesians 5, 18, and we're closing from these passages of Scripture. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. The Bible doesn't say you can't drink but it warns us about getting drunk because when you're inebriated and intoxicated, it actually takes over you. But it says, I've got a substitution for you. That what you do is you do the same thing you do with Mogan David. You do that with the spirit. The same thing you do with old granddad. I'm talking about stuff I used to drink. I don't know what y'all doing, but stuff that I ever cleared. Bacardi 151. What you used to do with that, you go ahead and you do it with God. And what you used to do with Mad Dog 2020. I better stop for some of y'all get tempted to do something after you leave here. But what you do with that. You do with the spirit. You get a whole bunch of it on the inside of you. And it begins to adjust things on the inside. And the reason why some of y'all can't thank God, you don't have enough spirit on the inside. You ain't drank enough. You, you playing with it. You only done had one shot. You need to take a bunch of them. You, you need to get tore up with the spirit. You need to get tore up with God. You need to have a Holy Ghost party that just won't stop and get a whole bunch of it in you and let the spirit begin to control you. And then what happens next? Look at it in verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. So when I bump into you, I don't have a whole lot of gossip in me. I got good words. I got songs. I got all my life he has been faithful. And all my life he been so, so good. Oh, I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. I begin to speak in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And I begin to understand, see what happened when me growing up in the church, I didn't just grow up in the four walls of the church. I went home with these people. I went home with my mama and with my daddy and with my mama when she wasn't in the church. When she didn't have a church dress on in her mumu cleaning the kitchen, she'd be singing praises to the Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. She be humming stuff under her breath because when it gets in your spirit, I don't wait to the church to praise God. I praise him wherever I am. I might be on the bus and my hand might go up. I might be on my job and the praise might break out because praise is down on the inside of me. I done got so drunk with the spirit I got something controlling me and it's a good thing. And I'm grateful for the praises of God because it's kept me sane. I'm grateful for the praises of God because it's kept my mind together. I'm grateful for the songs of Zion because it's held me together in the harsh, hard times. Hallelujah. My mother talks about the reason why she loves the goodness of God song so much because my father, when we lost him, that was a song that got her through. And tomorrow is his birthday. And so I should be sadder than what I am. But my daddy taught me how to praise God. So I'm grateful. Now do I miss him? Yes, every day. But I had him for 45 years. I'm grateful I had him for 45 years. 
This couple that just died, they were only married one year and they left this earth. I got a reason to praise God. I've been married for 23 years. I got to praise God. I can't come play church. I got a reason to praise the Lord. I can't cry. I got a reason to praise the Lord for the chains that seem to bind me. They fall powerless behind me when I praise the Lord. And so here's the last verse. Go ahead, everybody stand. Here's the last verse. Mother Mitchell, read the last verse. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus now, Christ. First of all, we read where it says give thanks in everything, not for everything. But put the verse back up. Once you get real drunk in the spirit, you start giving thanks always for everything. I lost my job, but that ain't the last job I'm going to get. I lost my boyfriend, but I was tired of him anyway. I, 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 I don't have a turkey to eat, but I got some crab legs. I'm eating crab legs for Thanksgiving. I'm going to find a way to praise God. Devil, you're not going to get me down. Devil, you're not going to push me over. I'm going to find a way to praise God. I'm giving thanks on a Monday. I'm giving thanks on a Tuesday. I'm giving thanks on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the way back around to Sunday because I'm still breathing. I'm still here. I'm still standing, and I'm going to give God thanks anyhow come on come on put it back up give thanks give thanks give thanks look at your neighbor and say give thanks amen now right now just pause don't talk to your neighbor but thank God for something right now thank you for my life health and my strength yeah. glory to God That's why when we used to, the old church, when we used to leave church, we would say, thank you, Lord. We'd sing it every time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. You've been so good. Come on, let's sing it a little. You've been so good. Yes, you have. You've been so good. Yes, you have. Yes, you have, God. You've been so good. I just want to thank you, Lord. Now take that, devil. Take that right in your face. Yes. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Some, if you want to just hum that or as we pray, you can go ahead and hum it. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, as we move into the Thanksgiving season, we're not just thankful for the sweet potato pie and the turkey and the ham. We thank you for our life, health, and strength. We thank you for our mind. We've been through so much. We should have broken down. But when we pause and look at it, there's folk who've been through much worse than us. And even though we came over here, many of us on slave ships, we made it into America where we can praise you openly. Somebody got to hide to read the Bible. Somebody got to hide to pray. And somehow we made it through the cotton fields. And somehow we're here. And God, we dare not hold back our praise and thanks. We thank you and we honor you for everything in our life. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say, Amen. Amen.